Alright, so this is the one that I have been hinting at for a minute. Uh, for a couple of weeks now, I've been like, oh, there's a, there's a pretty big one coming up. And here it is. I don't have super duper... And pardon the crows. If you hear crows outside my window, pardon that. Um, I don't have super duper extensive history with house shoes you know see him on twitter years ago like yo why is this dude so angry so on and so forth but if you get to know him he's a pretty cool dude uh he's very knowledgeable very i mean he's passionate that i think that would be the best way to describe him and you know when this music shit is your life and when it is you know pretty much how you make your way through life I I can understand the passion uh, I've interviewed House Shoes for Hip Hop DX in 2012 Sidebar the interview I just mentioned with House Shoes and I in 2012 was just referenced in another article by Hip Hop DX I'm not gonna you know throw too much light on that if you like keep up with hip hop news and hip hop fuckery and, and and the like, you you would probably have gotten wind of this. It was another article that came out referencing house shoes. I'm not gonna go all into that. I say all that to say, and in 2012, it wasn't like really trying to start up no shit. Really, um, on my part as the interviewer, it was just like. Okay, this is something that kind of something some of your feelings that people might want to know about surrounding you know this particular situation. Again, I'm not trying to throw no weight on that, but I just say all that to say the media's job is to keep the fuck shit going. Okay? And that's about all I'll say on that. Uh, the media's job is to keep the fuck shit going. Like, I have a semi-friendly relationship with House Shoes. I have a working relationship with Hip Hop DX. And, like, I, like I'm stuck in the middle as far as the media is concerned. But, I would definitely take a side if someone asks me, oh, who do you think is more right between House Shoes and between these, this other party that doesn't have anything too nice to say about House Shoes. I would definitely take a side you can guess which side I would take, okay? I don't have to go all into that, okay? I, I speak highly of house shoes. I'm not speaking down on anybody else, but it's clear, you know, whose side I'm on here. Anyway, with all that said, back into the original intro. I just had to wedge this in here because an article came out. They had a link to an article that had my name attached to it in 2012. So, back into the original intro. Enjoy the show. Met him a couple times in passing, you know, no real relationship. And then I reached out to him uh, about doing the podcast. You know, we've been trying to get that going for a minute. And then we finally, you know, locked down some time to knock it out. Uh, thanks to my new work schedule. My new work schedule, like I work weekends now, which is good and bad because having weekdays, you know, having a whole day free on a, on a weekday, on a Tuesday or Wednesday, 
that just opens my schedule up to just people that don't have day jobs. It you know, there's just another kind of. I mean, I'm sure everybody's busy handling business, but like a Tuesday, Wednesday, it's just you know, you, you got a little time to you know, time to dick around, time to do somebody's podcast. You know, if if you're so inclined, and he was so inclined, and he came through for me, and I appreciate that. And let's see here. It was a pretty good interview. And like initially, it, it's crazy how the universe works because initially it was just going to be a house shoes episode. Okay. And then it was like. Like, this could have came out in, I mean, this was recorded in early January, but it could have came out in, you know, December, November, if we had knocked it out back then, like, we had been discussing it for a minute. So, we recorded it in mid-January, approximately, and then, me, personally, like I said, it was just going to be a house shoes episode. I was trying to stay away from the Dilla questions I mean there would have been like one or two questions about Dilla initially uh, because I I just figured by this point he would be sick of being asked that you know but it turns out he wasn't sick of being asked that and initially he was going to discuss Common's Resurrection album and then we met up and he was like damn I didn't get a chance to listen to Common's Resurrection album recently maybe what about uh mecca and the soul brother i was like cool i'm just you know glad that glad that you're down to do this and then and then he was like fuck it i'll just do some detroit shit he was like maybe fantastic volume two since that's the shit i know and in my mind i'm like my wife already discussed fantastic volume two but fuck it i'm just you know i'm glad to have you and then he decided on welcome to Detroit, and I was like, bet. And I guess you'll hear from here how the interview goes. I mean, it's a it's a house shoes interview, so you're gonna have some shit talking in there. You're gonna have some knowledge in there. You're gonna have some, you know, his outlook on life in there. He's a, he's a very good dude, despite any misconceptions. Like I said. He's just passionate, okay? That is officially the OG, and I appreciate it. And, yeah, this I guess this is to coincide with the 10-year anniversary of Dilla's passing away. Rest in peace, Dilla. I never met Dilla, but he walked, like, right past me. And I should have taken the opportunity to maybe shake his hand. But this was at a point where it was like his health was kind of kind of shaky and I don't remember the exact year but this was the mad villain slash what the fuck was the name of the the project with Mad Lib J-Lib Mad Villain J-Lib show at BB Kings in New York City so he walked like right past me but like I I was just kind of just trying to like give him a space because you know whatever whatever his health was at that point, we had been hearing stories about his health being, you know, up and down. So, and I'm not the type to bother nobody. 
be he walked right past me. I can say I saw him like perform and shit, and I I can say he walked like right past me. So that was my one Dilla story. And other than that, let's get into the show. Thank you again, House Shoes. If you never do me another favor in life, this was enough. I really appreciate it. And I hope this show does numbers and like numbers don't mean the world to me but it would be dope if you know if this one did good and if it doesn't i got another one coming out next week i hope that one does numbers if that one doesn't do numbers hope the next one after that does numbers i just hope eventually what i'm working on does catch on so tell a friend to tell a friend if you enjoy this one tell everybody in detroit uh even the people that might not like house shoes. He didn't say nothing too bad about anyone on this episode. But tell them to listen to this and, you know, just spread word, please. All right. Thank you. Have a great day. SoundCloud.com slash Thursday Throwbacks. Peace. Dip my dick in NJ. Dip my dick in Get drunk off my dick tonight. I want you to get blasted off of my meat sack tonight. Please blaze my dick like a blonde and make me want your cunt. That's all I want. That's all I want. That's all I ever wanted in my You said you looking for them niggas, yeah, we be them. Shipping my mail, some more EPM. DJ about to blow up like some helium. I usually rock around 92 BPMs. Like medium, the Lex is what you see me in. Homeboy, don't ever step to SV again. Shout out to Five Bella, ain't no beef with them. Gotta say what's up to our shoes and BGM. Oh, I gotta go with like 3 p.m. Peace, 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 peace. Let's get in the flow again. We be them niggas, yeah, we be them. T3 got the same flow, continuing. Y'all motherfuckers say T3 don't be freestyling. I got a flow that got these hoes, fuck wallet. I got you digging and reaching for your wallet. You want it, boy, and you know who got it. You claim original and sound like somebody. Shit, I've been ripping shit since I first started. Been challenging niggas and leaving them duck parted. I don't want them, but I got a life built to spot it. I said this shit goes out to everybody. Body, body. Yeah, we be them niggas, yeah, we be them Niggas come back to life, yo, my loot is usual again Hoes giving me blows, cause I'm a sexy man Niggas is coming with rhymes, I ain't feeling You think you know me, boy, I used to be a hard villain Niggas is mad, cause they shit ain't genuine Don't even come my way, boy, with that, cause I'm chilling Feeling my shit like Rollo, fill up my clit, nigga Step in the ass, to be your last sin Feeling the flow again, we be them Niggas, yeah, we be them Yeah, we be them Niggas, yeah, we be them yeah, we be them niggas, yeah, we be them. Yeah, we be them niggas, yeah, we be them. Yeah, we be them niggas, yeah, we be them. You think that'll roll? That's gonna have to that's gonna have to roll. Fuck that. I'm here with the homie House Shoes. Uh say what's up to the people. What's good, y'all? House Shoes in the building. It's definitely an honor to have you here. Uh a lot of people kind of know of your name like over the past few years, but a lot of people don't know kind of of the stuff you did like pre-internet so for the people who don't know um i guess tell people like i guess kind of your impact in 
you know, the things you did before, word. you know, the, the internet age of music started popping off. Right, word. Okay, well, I was pretty much, uh, my introduction to the Detroit hip-hop scene was, I was going to Eastern Michigan University in 93. A couple of the homies would come and scoop me up, and we'd go down to the D, we'd go to, like, St. Andrew's Hall, or Stanley's Rhythm Kitchen, or the Mecca, or 1515 Broadway, and it was an eye-opener because, you know, I knew that we had, you know, there was cats like Esham and Chaos Maestro and Awesome Dre and Jack Frost. Like, we had a scene, but I had never seen it with my own two eyes, you know what I mean? So it was dope, you know what I mean? Just being being able to be in those rooms with those people and hearing the music. I remember the first record I ever heard when I went into a spot was actually a, a L.A. record. It was uh, Back in the Day by Ahmad. Okay. And it was just electricity in the air, you know what I mean? It was, it was the golden fucking era. Like it's cliche and cornball now to talk about that shit. It's all that backpack shit. People are very skewed in their vision. But uh, I got kicked out of Eastern for arson. Burnt, burnt some little shit up. Intentionally? No, no. We was high, just going oh, down to the fucking eateries. Had the munchies, and I put, I took a light around. I was like, hey, y'all, I'm gonna burn this bitch down and put it up to a little. They had like a cork board with all the current events, flyers, and goings on in the, in the in the freshman dorms. And it really burned. I mean, it burnt the corner of a flyer off. Wow. Okay. Just like literally like a thumbnail. You know what okay. I mean? But unbeknownst to me, there was actually some stupid motherfucker that was walking around lighting them joints on fire and just walking away. So they basically scapegoated me for that shit, kicked me out, um, and I took the balance of my books and tuition and spent it on records over the next three four months got a job at street corner music in april in early april of uh 94 and got hired at st andrews hall late 94 basically becoming kind of the the resident dj of detroit hip-hop it was my goal like i was fucking dedicated to making sure the cats heard all the new shit. This wasn't like when you had MP3 emails with the new joint where 100,000 people would get the shit at the same time or it just gets posted to SoundCloud or posted up on Bandcamp. You know, there might be four or five copies of the hot shit in the city that you had to hunt down and build relationships with different DJs at record stores to have those available to you. That's how I started getting involved. Started producing records uh, around the same time, making beats, Four-track shit, uh, just loops, real kind of like beat miners type shit, dirty drums, just putting loops on it and filtering the loops down for the rap part, and then when the hook comes, just unfiltering it. Uh, you did one of my favorite uh, Elzai records, Boomerang Flame. My thing is, I heard a tape. I think cats need to be put up on some old motivational type rhymes. Finish stories of the streets, baby. Don't get it twisted, cause the globe already does that. Live and learn, watch the earth get a turn. 360, boomerang, bomb and hit a worm. Where I live at is so cold. Am I those that grow old? Cause niggas die young and go broke. Haha, is it the way we is? Is it the way we live? How we portray them kids? This is the code of the streets, I ain't broke yet. Niggas starving, it's getting nippy. 
Red face taking cold steps. The trigger fingers itchy, the other hand sticky. Rob this nigga at gunpoint, the cops bust quickly. Before you know, dead bloodshed in the snow. 5-0 shot on one nice cop, the other rotten. Same cops, the same night, stopped the guy for no reason. Put his face against the windshield, he fucked it up while he was breathing. The rotten pork chop kicked his teeth in. Did it in the alleyway so nobody would see him. He recovered from bleeding. So the next evening when he got stopped, he said F that and started squeezing bullet holes through the cop's car. After firing, he heard siren, dropped the gun, wishing he got far. Got his grandmother thinking, what did she do wrong? Got his brother putting like the same exact suit on. He wore it to his boy's funeral over cocaine, fast life, fast cars, money and gold chains. He sits through the sermon while the preacher preaches. The same preacher that knows the Bible but don't know Jesus. He takes your hard cash and hard last in a Lexus coupe. Piped out with a chick busting his life out. Took a long stroke, the condom broke, and he didn't know it. Dick on the clitoris, constantly spitting on it. Where the period at? Her stomach's getting bigger. She needs money for the child. Huh? <laughs> Give it up, nigga. The dough that she takes, she spend it up on drinks, puffing cigarettes while she's still pregnant. She didn't know till she had the baby how bad she was affecting it. Now he barely breathing. He could have been the next president. Uh, this is the unfinished stories of the streets, baby. Don't get it twisted, cause the globe already does that. Live and learn, watch the earth get. Get a turn 360, boomerang, bomb and hit a worm. Where I live at is so cold, and my those that grow old. Cause niggas die young and go broke. Haha, <laughs> this is the way we is, is it the way we live? How we portray these kids? Negative, full of karma. Walking in these streets of the armor, getting young cats spitting fire armor. Never see sweet 16. Pembers grow sour, cats get in the dirt, you throw flowers. Cats taking cold showers from eyewitnessing murders, snatching purses from senior citizens. We live in in the last days, the innocent bystanders in their pathways. 24 hours turn into half days. The gas stays in the thugs' waist. Another hard decision that the judge makes. Murder was the case. The streets can get you beat like Tina Turner's face before she fought back. Straight bullets floating off track, killing young kids, jump roping on their property where they once lived. Us niggas ain't living properly, and we gotta be these days. So we hustle like old folks in cabarets, looking towards the bright side through a cave before we caved in. But the future looks dark with in the grave, uh-huh. like a waistband, my arms and legs stretch when I awake, I thank God for it, life it takes God for it, many led by this red head guy with a pitchfork and two horns, lounging in the place that's too warm, for my neck get out of view porn, I try not to do wrong, but I want to be in that limo, asking for the great coupon, for a change, I'm sick of saving change from a coupon, I'm around casting to do the same stuff that Ice Cube's on, with a suit on, and got bread, thaw out your cold heart with hot lead, it's like a coin toss, who got heads, who got tails, which one you thinking with, it seems to me the cast rather the rest in peace instead of keeping it uh, This is the unfinished stories of the streets, baby Don't get it twisted cause the globe already does that Live and learn, watch the earth get a turn 360 Boomerang, bomb and kill the worm Where I live at is so cold Admire those that grow old Cause niggas die young and go broke <laughs> Is it the way we is? Is it the way we live? How we portray these kids? Negative Did a lot of LZI records. Okay. I actually produced like two thirds of the Out of Focus EP. Okay. Um, at the Disc in East Point. Shout out to my homie Magnetic. We uh, recorded that on his in-house time. He went to school out there for engineering and became an in-house engineer at the Disc, and he's still there, fucking twenty years later. Wow. Yeah. So. Yeah. You know what I mean. Met Dilla at the record shop. He played me some beats one day, and it was like the first time I heard hip hop. Okay. But, but within the genre, you know what I mean, like. It's the dopest shit I ever heard. 
and it's from our city, and I got a platform, so I'm just going to cram this shit down everybody's throat. Everybody did not fucking love JD's shit. You know what I mean? Got it. Everyone wants to act like, yo, oh, yeah, that, I can that, fuck that, with him forever. Motherfuckers uh, was mad, yo. They was mad as fuck that I wasn't playing their records. Mm. And it was cats that I told in Detroit, like, yo, go get a beat from Jay. I literally said this. I, I've, this whole not giving a fuck shit, this ain't just some internet shit. This is who House Shoes has always been. Got it. I use my platform and I speak very loudly and aggressively. I'm a very passionate person. You know what I mean? I would tell Cash, yo, go get a beat from Jay. I guarantee you I'll play the instrumental. You know what I mean? And, uh, yeah, man, just blessed to be involved, you know, involved in the whole fucking equation of where we come from and being able to use my platform and my assets to, you know, expose the shit that I love that touches me. Okay, and you put out uh, the Marv One Way of the One Project. A lot of people don't know that he makes good ass music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. a lot of people just know him as a, as a battle rapper. Yeah, he ain't in the battle rap world because ninety five percent of battle rappers make are trash music. Fucking worst ever. Yeah, you know like they're I mean? talented on stage. They, you know, in yeah. in that arena. But that's cool. It's like soap opera shit. But yeah. I wanna, if you want to hear a record, they're usually not the ones to go to. Yeah, you not at all. Saying? And Marv makes good music. Yeah, he does. Big shots to Marv. That's my little baby brother, little baby Marv. You know, put out a couple records with Dilla. Put out the JD unreleased record. It's one of his first records. It was a bunch of remixes that labels fronted on. Put that shit out with Wolf, Peter Butter Wolf, before Stone's Throw, when he was just a fucking rep at TRC, which is a, a vinyl dis- distribution company in uh, Northern California. Put out the Fat Cat, Don't Nobody Care About Us, 12-inch, Dedication to the Suckers in 99. You put that out? Yeah. Wow. Hell okay. oh, yeah. Yeah, we sold like fucking 12,000 copies of that shit. You know what I mean? Got it. And yeah. then... And then uh, you were like the inspiration kind of for uh, Quelle Chris getting started with Blue Mondays. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what, yeah, that's what yeah. I've heard. That's, that's my man. Yeah, baby. Yes. Uh, Blue Mondays. Yes. Look. We say hey to the ladies. Woof, uh, woof to the bitches. Yes. Out of our assholes. Backpedaling fast. Don't duck. Listen, don't thought this is not a movie The bad guys don't grin round here Good guys don't win They work nine to fives and back bends For nothing but little more than minimum wage And factories pulling they weight Till they wither with age It's nothing The buck up and turn the criminal ways Broke as ever Smoke up and hope it gets better Don't be fooled, sonny Unless you willing to get your shoes muddy Look, you better stay in school, buddy Display this barbarian language. Yes. Understand the cadence. Yes. Then stumbling aimless. Yes. So many ways in and no way out. Can't judge homie if you don't know what homeboy about. That homeboy got kids and wife's got peers. Let's yes. say he ain't about shit. And this is day in, day out. Temperatures rise in the wintertime. And that summer shine is cold hearted till the soul fades out. Yes. Can I grasp me a piece of sanity? Uh-huh. Or stash me a piece without having to spend a piece of mine? Can't hardly find peace of mind. I feel it's like a beast at times. On Blue Mondays, uh, Mondays. Yeah, baby. Uh, it's be broke, you know. When I'm up on these motherfuckers, shit. Sell coke, sell it to white folks. Fuck it, sell coke to white folks. That's what I be saying. Holla at your boy, baby. You know what I'm saying, baby. Uh. That, that was an ill story, because uh, the homie uh, 410. 410. I think that's his name. Oh, no. Cat from Baltimore hit me up on Twitter. Shit, it might even have been. It wasn't MySpace. It had to have been Twitter. 
like, yo, I, I just got a, I got my tax, my income tax return back, and it's, it's a little nicer than I thought it was going to be. I got about $1,500 to do a record. But I've never done a record before. I know you've done records. I love Corley's music. Can you help me put a record together? For sure. Like, fuck yeah, we put a record together. So, at the time, Corley had this Blue Mondays record, which was aging. I mean, not aging in, in the sense of, like, it's getting old to the ear, but... Mm -hmm. He was just sitting on it. You know what I mean? I had I had him actually uh, burn like 20 or 30 physical copies of it and hand draw covers of that. And uh, they had a Crown Nation EP called the Slut Bag Edition. But him in Denmark. This is when Fat Beats was still open. This is probably like 2000, shit, 2008, 2009. Out here in New York? Out here. Okay. So I was slanging him at the shop. Dude hit me up. So we made it like a double EP. Took like five joints off of Blue Mondays. Took like five joints off the Crown Nation EP. And I was like, with the budget we have, we can't afford to have printed covers. But this shit can't just be a fucking plain black sleeve record on the wall. Cause that shit gets lost in the mix. You got to have some type of imagery on the front to get people's attention. So uh, I let Quelle know that he was about to hand draw a fucking... 300 covers for that shit you okay. know what I mean we got all the white plain covers shipped them to him and he hand drew every cover for that shit and it's it's a pretty hard to find item these days you know what I mean a lot of the shit that I put out is pretty expensive cause I do small runs you know what I mean quality shit I'm much more concerned with creating something timeless that raises exponentially in value than just fucking getting rich off some shit oh I'm doing we gotta sell this to a million motherfuckers fuck that because a million motherfuckers are stupid as fuck most of the time you know what I mean I don't make music for the common average Joe I make shit for people who know what's dope you know what I mean and that's always gonna be the mission okay so uh, how long have you been in LA uh, this is my 10th year right now 10th year yep. okay and I guess how would you say that you're, you've become like the the OG in LA now. Like how how did that you know transition happen? Was it was it like easy to get acclimated out here? Well, I had I had yeah people out here already. I had you know slight relationships with cats. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? But I mean the history is the history. You can't yeah okay can't take away what what a motherfucker's done. So luckily people respect you know my achievements and the accolades that I've gained before I came out here. And plus, I'm just a passionate motherfucker about wherever I'm at. I'm not in Detroit anymore. Mm -hmm. I'm in L.A. When I was in Detroit, I make shit happen for Detroit motherfuckers. I'm in L.A. Now I'm making shit happen for L.A. motherfuckers. You know what I mean? Just making sure that we have pure events and, and cats is just on their dean making good shit that are involved with me. And if I fuck with you, I'm going to play your joints at my gigs and just keep it pushing for the whole community. I've always been a very kind of community-oriented person. You know what I mean? Okay, so like, what would you say? Kind of like your role has been within like the the beat scene out here, uh, with like the younger cats, with like mind design, showing improve. Well, I mean, man, there's so much fucking talent out yeah, here. You know what I mean? It's a lot. Um, a lot of motherfuckers. If you got it, you got it. You don't need to be shown shit. Okay. In regards to creating, but then that's just the tip of the iceberg. Making the shit is only one thing. Getting it, actually going and getting it heard by people. You know what I mean? I think I've been more so a vessel to expose the music that's being created. I'm not really involved in the creative factor with the, with the cats out here. You know what I mean? I might, I bring, you know, knowledge come through. I fucking give them a stack of records to fuck with. Or the other homies come through, you know, like, yo, you fuck with this. You could probably make some heat out of that. So I, I get involved in that way. But 
basically I just use my platform to to push it into everybody's ears. Okay, so you started uh, street corner music, like I guess, kind of initially as like a way of getting your stuff out there, but now you you've kind of transitioned into. No, it started off as a as a vessel for just exposed same thing that I've always been doing exposing okay. talent. Because Let It Go came out on Tress Records. I put out oh, a solo it? record um, on Tress Records in 2011, 12, I think 2012. Yeah, yeah, it'll be four years old this year. Shouts to my man Chikara Manga. Um, yeah, that was, I'm proud of that motherfucker. It still bangs, you know what I mean? Get more money. <laughs> okay, we're gonna get more money. <laughs> okay, we're gonna get more money. <laughs> okay, we're gonna. Get into something else. Just pray. 
and it's not a it's not a sad thing. It's not like you know there's like you know who got the best. It's just everybody appreciates everyone's art, and when you when you do appreciate someone else's art, it makes your art better because you know that like you gotta come with it. You know, Cast LA is coming with it right now, and the bar is set, and you know we just trying to own up to it. You know, all of us are. You know, so. All the featured artists were people that I actually have relationships with. You know, I'm not cold calling motherfuckers like, man, man, can I get a verse on this shit? You want to rap on my shit? I don't fucking. My network is a very talented network. So when it comes time for me to do my shit, I just got to pull the homies in, get the work from them, and we keep it moving. You know what I mean? But if you ain't heard that Let It Go shit, go fucking listen to that shit. It's on the SoundCloud. It's on iTunes. There's still a couple records in the streets you can find. You know what I mean? Okay. But but now your your label does uh, like a lot of promoting for other artists. Like you started uh, the Gift uh, series, yeah. Initially, yeah, the Gift was a series built to once again shine light on people that are kind of uh, you know in the nooks and crannies that need exposure, that deserve exposure. Basically, at the end of the day, Street Corner Music. I created Street Corner Music to give records to people who deserve records, artists that deserve records, and customers that deserve records. You know what I mean? with a very high talent quotient quota and just heat you know what i mean I, a lot of this shit is instrumental because a lot of this rap shit is fucking trash these days the music is much more valuable without somebody ruining it talking about some old bullshit we didn't all heard ain't nobody rapping about some shit we ain't never heard before you know what i mean so let's just I think it's time just to let this music speak for itself you know what i'm saying and shit put out like fucking 30 records in the last couple years, mm-hmm. 25, 30 records, about 90% of that shit is sold out within the first like 10 days, so I mean it's pretty obvious I know what the fuck I'm doing, you know what I mean, um, a lot of people think I might be arrogant and fucking asshole, I'm an asshole, I ain't gonna lie to you, but I like to call my shit humble arrogance, okay. like, I'm, I'm very humble, humility definitely is a very strong aspect of my person, if you meet me in person, You'll see, I'm fucking one of the nicest people you ever met in your life. You okay. know what I mean? Arrogance, yeah, I can be arrogant, motherfucker, because I know I've done some shit in this motherfucker. I'm not going to sit down on my hands and act like I'm just, I'm not the quiet type. I speak my mind. I use my platform to let you know how the fuck I feel about things or let you know, let you hear what I hear and what I love and respect. You know what I mean? People don't like that sometimes, but fuck them. <laughs> For sure. Uh, so what do you look for, like, in, in the artists that you kind of uh, work with, like, on uh, Street Corner Music? I mean, it's obvious, like, you already have these relationships with them, and you know them already, but, like, yeah. w- what exactly? The music has to speak to me. Okay. I mean, whenever I create music, personally, it's got to strike some type of emotion. Whether it brings tears to your fucking eyes, makes you want to talk about one of the homies who passed away make you want to punch somebody in their fucking face you know what i mean like whatever it is i want to elicit some type of very strong emotion and it goes exactly the same for the artists that i that i put out on my label you know what i mean for example fucking christmas two years ago uh i opened my son opened up his christmas presents my cat Smokey, my homie, uh, those who fuck with house shoes from MySpace, Smokey had a MySpace page with like 3,500 friends. I would put my beats up on his page. I had pictures of him on like the MPC and shit. You know what I mean? Okay. Smokey got history in this rap game too. But Smokey died like 15 minutes after my son opened his presents. Wow. And Smokey was the most fucking consistent thing in my life for 
damn near 14 years. You know what I mean? So I had just got all the beats from Raj Mahal like two days prior. I put them on my phone the night before. It's like 100 beats. And they were all in alphabetical order. And there was this joint called Abril. A-B-R-I-L. It was the first beat that played. I had to, after Smokey fucking the shit, Smokey died, fucking started pissing on the carpet and closed his eyes and he was gone. It's Christmas. I got to go get some shit for dinner. So I go get in the whip, plug the shit in, and the first beat that played sounded like his fucking funeral. It was like such an emotional fucking song. And at that moment, I knew that Raj was going to be volume eight. Because I wanted the entire world to feel how I felt in that moment. You know okay. what I mean? And came back to the crib that night, picked out like 12 more beats, and it was done. You know what I mean? And that's that's my favorite installment of the whole series, is uh, Volume 8 of the Gift, Raj Mahal. All the joints are on SoundCloud for y'all to listen. I used to, they used to all be available for free download. That's why it was called The Gift. But too many of these fuckboys was like trying to rap on this shit. Okay. Fucking promo bars. So we had to dead that shit. So fuck now you got genocide. You go buy this. Yeah, fuck boy genocide. Kill all these fuck boys, and now you got to buy the shit on iTunes. Okay, so uh, I guess who would you say are if you could uh, name five producers you're most excited about? Oh man, whether they're on your label or not, like right, right, in, in right. this day and age, right. Uh, Raj Mahal. God, let me pull my shit out just in case. It's funny whenever I get asked a specific question like that. The mind just goes fucking blank. So I listened to Swarvy tape this morning. Swarvy, man, Swarvy. The thing is, the thing that's crazy is like when you start a record label and you start dealing with artists that just continually produce music, it's kind of fucked up because you want to put fucking. You can't put out everything. You can't. I can't put out a fucking tape by a motherfucker every week. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You got to pick and choose. But every time Swarvy comes over here. He, fucking my, my brain melts like the last time he came through he played a whole bunch of shit he's been working on with Amano Mari okay that shit was fucking Amano Mari's a genius man he's a bad motherfucker man we got records coming okay um so okay Raj Mahal and this is some shit that changes you know like the weather like you know the time of day it could be some different shit before we finish the fucking podcast today Chains I got a record coming from Chains. He's been a favorite of mine for a long time. But this album that I'm putting out with him is actually the record that I'm probably most excited about right now that I put out yet on the label. Um, Knots. Okay. Knots were all shitting on everybody in the quote-unquote industry on some on some real hip-hop shit. He just uh, linked up with Nice Wonder, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Soul Jamla. Council shit, Jamla. Yeah. Okay. But, I mean, you fuck with Knots. I think it's Knots the Ruler on Instagram. He okay. posts like 10 fucking beats a day. Okay. He's, he's just... If if you don't have inspiration, if you're looking for inspiration, you go on that fucking Instagram and he's shitting on the world ten times a day. So we got uh we got we got Raj Mahal, we got Knots, we got Chains, we got Swarvy. I mean I could name like fifty motherfuckers. Um who's number five just for the day we'll say knowledge. You know what I mean? Okay. Knowledge he, he's coming up. Uh he just got a a placement with Omarion. Like some song and just Ghost came out Face. last night. Yeah, Omarion yeah, and Ghostface. Yeah. great. And Omarion's like rhyming on this shit. He's like yeah. half singing, half rapping. I've never liked Omarion, but he killed the joint. Shouts to Knowledge, man. And that's crazy to come from like the LA beat scene to, you know, Kendrick's album. to Fucking Knowledge about yeah. the Grammys in this bitch this year. And it's crazy. Let's hope so. Speaking of Grammys, like me coming from an area like where I don't give a fuck about the rap game or the industry at all. It's all about the music. It's not about accolades. It's not about selling records or first week sales or any of that shit. Volume 10 of the Gifts was a homie, uh, 
Drugs, Drugs Beats from North Carolina. And I put his volume together. I think it dropped about a year and a little over a year ago. Digitally, the vinyl just came out right before the holidays. And the last beat that I chose to go on that shit was a, was a Paul McCartney Wings flip called Easy. And I get a call like, shit, maybe about a year ago now, that uh, Dre's doing the soundtrack for the Straight Outta Compton movie. And he fucked with that joint, and it's his favorite joint on the soundtrack. And I was like, okay, well, we got to pull that shit off. <laughs> we got to take that shit off the internet before Dre figures out that everybody's already heard the beat and not put it on the vinyl, because, you know, that's how Dre operates. And straight out of Compton, and, and Compton's fucking Grammy nominated. Is it? Yeah. Wow, well, okay. So it's up for Rap Album of the Year. So Street Corner Music got a Grammy nominated artist. That's crazy. Because of some shit that I put together. You know what I mean? All the gift series, I I have cats send me like anywhere from 100 to 200 to 300 beats. And I pick all the beats. I sequence the album, the track sequence. I build the artwork. Like all the covers are very specific. My idea, Dirt, Dirt is my art director. He executes everything flawlessly for me. But it's, I'm pretty, he doesn't have that much. I don't leave that much work for him to do. You know what I mean? So yes. Yeah, that's some shit, man. Grammy nominated. Shouts to drugs, man. Okay, so you're also a, a very good DJ. What do you think about like the present over the last couple of years where it's become like a trend to be a DJ? Where like every anybody thinks I could be a DJ now. It's not the DJ's fault. Mm-hmm. It's the public's fault. Okay. Because the public's so fucking stupid, they'll take whatever you give them. You know what I mean? Like the homie Orator had a really good rant last night on Twitter where he was like, yeah, like fuck mixing. You ain't, he was speaking like in third person in regards to what it is now. Like, yeah, you just press the sync button and they've made it where you actually don't need any fucking experience at all. And, you know, taste is definitely at a minimum these days. In the public arena, you know, with all this whole ass future shit and all them whole ass records, I don't fuck with that shit. You know what I mean? I'm not a fan. I either. don't fuck with. I don't fuck with records that are just stupid. Like it's yeah. a time to party, but motherfuckers listen to nothing but that. Yeah, Migos ass shit. You know what I There's mean? There's like, like no soul involved in that shit. Is it, fucking yeah. garbage, yo. You know, like call it what you want. You, I don't give. A, I'm not here to make friends, yo. I'm here to fucking spread my wisdom and knowledge. I'm 40 years old. I've been doing this shit forever, and I know what the fuck I'm talking about. I got record sales to back it up. I got motherfuckers in the industry that'll tell you that I know what the fuck I'm talking about. So if you don't like me, that's your motherfucking fault. Probably because you ain't figured out how to succeed in any specific portion of your whole ass existence. You know what I mean? Okay. So like what separates a dope DJ from like somebody like, this is just hypothetical. I don't think she's doing it, but but like somebody like Khloe Kardashian saying, oh, I'm going to become a DJ because I'm, because I'm a celebrity. I say this, the way... Th- the dope DJ to me is a DJ who it's funny, man. It's an age-old statement that is such absolute fucking bullshit to me. And that is that the DJ is supposed to play for the crowd. Yeah. Man, fuck the crowd, man. I'm not a fucking jukebox. If the DJ is supposed to play for the crowd, then why the fuck you got a crowd? Just fucking plug in an iPod and you know let everybody pick their fucking songs. I mean, I think that applies to like places like Vegas, maybe like Vegas clubs, where it's like I mean, if you, you got a certain element. Yeah, I mean, if you a DJ is a fucking teacher. I have a play. If I'm in a room with fucking four hundred people, I'll be damned if I'm just gonna play four hours of music that these motherfuckers have heard, mm-hmm. beating into their head every day on the radio. Fuck that. I'm not gonna play none of that shit. I'm gonna take that time and expose you to all this heat 
that, that nobody knows about. You know what I mean? If you don't like it, go outside, smoke a fucking cigarette, wait for the next motherfucker to get on. But that's what I do. I'm passionate, and, uh, and you're going to hear that when I'm playing. And bring me some whiskey. Because the more okay. whiskey I drink, the more fun we all going to have. You know what I'm saying? All right, for sure. All right, so the album uh, you come to discuss today is Welcome to Detroit. Yeah, we're going to talk about that. All right. Uh, I mean, the, the floor is all yours. <laughs> what is your experience uh, with this album? Man, Dylan was a homie, and this was like the, this was his introduction. You know, it was all Slum Village and Uma shit and placements, major label placements, chasing that. And like, Welcome to Detroit was kind of the first, the first page of him like really doing what the fuck he wanted to do himself. Like, there was no other group members in the way. He didn't have to deal with any other opinions. You know what I'm saying? It's one of the heaviest records to ever come out of Detroit. From any genre, you know what I mean. Uh, started off the intro. Nobody was fucking with Turkish breaks mm-hmm. when this shit came out. Crazy ass time signature, you know what I mean. And he rode that bitch crazy. Yeah, man. Let me pull this fucking. Why does the cover here? It is right here. Crazy ass strip club shit on the cover. Yeah. So welcome to Detroit, BBE. Had a series called the Beat Generation. Yep. Was he the first, or was Peach Reynolds first? I think. I think he was the first. Okay. I'm pretty sure this was the first. Then he had. They had like Pete Rock. They had Spinner. They had Will I Am. Uh, who else? It might have been kind of short lived. It wasn't too much after that. But this is definitely the fucking trophy for the whole series. Mm-hmm. And it started off. It was supposed to be like just a beat record. And he was like, "Fuck that! I'm gonna give you a whole record." Peter was very grateful. Uh, yeah, so you got the intro. It's a less mogul sample. Um, then I finally came out. The homie hooked me up for my birthday last year. Got me an OG. The shit goes for like $100. And that was one of the last things he did for the record. Um, like the icing on the top. And it was crazy because it was just, like, the intro was like a sound you've never heard before. Just like, where the hell did he find that shit at? He had a very broad, you know, range of sounds in his in his catalog, and that was just kind of some wild shit to jump the album off with. And after that, uh, y'all ain't ready. And Jake could do pretty much anything on anything. He made that shit on a Triton. And you listen to it, you're like, God damn, Triton can do that. He's talking his shit. Um. It's kind of like a two-part intro almost with Welcome to Detroit and Y'all Ain't Ready. <sighs> what else? What else? Think Twice. Track three was Think Twice. We all know Think Twice from Donald Byrd. Mm-hmm. And like, damn, this motherfucker's singing. Had Dwelle on the horns. Everybody at first thought it was Dwelle singing. But no, then you, you realize, like, God damn, that's, that's Jay. This motherfucker. What, what can't he do? You know what I mean? Motherfucker makes beats better than anybody. He's a fucking incredible DJ. Let me let me ask. uh, I don't know if you're biased or anything, but would you say he's the best uh, producer on the mic in terms of rapping? At at everybody who did both. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would say that. Okay. But you know, I'm 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 not gonna front like I ain't biased. Okay. You know what I mean? But a lot of people had ghostwriters though. He's talking shit. He just Slum Village was was never a lyrical group. You know what I mean? It was very style-based. So when he started doing the solo shit, it was just a lot of shit talk. It was kind of... He 
he still had that wild rhythmic the way he would ride the beats and the pocket was crazy but he was talking a lot of shit and i like that and it's ill when you hear a producer rap on their own shit because that's the way they intend the shit to be rhymed on yeah you know what i mean so that was crazy yeah think twice was fucking nuts yo Clapper, Kareem co-produced the Clapper with, with Dilla. That homie Blue, not Blue from out here, Blue from Detroit. This is one of the homies from the hood, you know what I mean? Killed that shit. Crazy ass, crazy ass programming on that shit. Shouts to Kareem. Kareem was one of the best too. Oh, but I was saying the DJ shit too. So beats, DJing, rapping, singing. He's a quadruple threat, you know what I mean? It's not just a triple threat. It's very rare to find a triple threat in this, in, in this game and this, hip-hop shit, but he was a quadruple threat. We used to do a night at Alvin's in Detroit called Stunts. It was a monthly with uh, me, JD, and, and DJ Head, who was M's DJ. And I remember this one night, this motherfucker Jay did Cash Money. DJ Cash Money from Philly had a mm-hmm. routine with the realness that was ridiculous, where he, like, he was juggling the shit and had it like the fucking shit started hiccuping the way he was juggling it. This motherfucker Jay did that shit one night. And we were just all like, man, come on, dog. It's not fucking fair, bro. What the fuck is wrong with you? Where do you find time to be so great in so many things? So yeah, the clapper was a shit. That was the end of side one. Side two started off with Come Get It, the the young Elzai, who uh, I actually introduced to motherfuckers with the Out of Focus EP. Was that like his first... Big record, cause that's where I first heard him. Uh, come get, oh, come it. get it, yeah. Word, word. I mean, that was big. That was yeah. That was the first time that you know, outside of a, because the out of focus shit never really came out, mm-hmm. and it never really came out. Period. He put out some CDs a couple years ago, and there was like a small run of tapes that came out, but somehow that shit found its way on the internet and just made the rounds over the last ten years. And a lot of motherfuckers hold it up very highly, and he actually got. Got his uh, his SV shit on off of the strength of the Out of Focus EP. Okay. But I had never heard him rap like he rapped on Come Get It. You know what I mean? Jay, Jay was like, I mean, motherfuckers was cool with him. They was friends and shit, but it was a lot of respect, you know, on the other side of the coin. It wasn't just like that was homie. It was like, yo, I got to do my, you got to do your fucking best work ever if you're fucking with Jay. Mm-hmm. Cause it won't make the cut if it if you don't, you know what I mean. And he killed that shit. I was like, destroyed that shit, fucking. And then once again, Jay singing on the hook, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Come and get it. Crazy. It's a bunch of ill, crazy interludes on the shit, like little movie scenes going on on Welcome to Detroit. But pause, yo. Was that kind of the record they put Frank and Dank on the map? Yeah, that was pretty much kind of the first Frank and Dank record. Okay. If I'm not tripping. Yeah. That shit was so hard. He basically, he gave them the... Dilla always gave Frank and Dank the, the illest beats. And Pause is probably the illest beat on Welcome to Detroit. If not, one of Jay's probably like top 10 joints ever. You know what I mean? I'm partial to... I forget the name of it. Uh, oh, featuring Fat Cat. Oh, word, word. I'm very partial to that record. See, me being a DJ, Pause was the joint... It's so e- it's so easy to mix in because you just got the snare and the little hi hats and shit. Then the drums drop, and then the sample comes in, and it's like a big, it's like a it's a big record. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's just been a classic, getting played in the club 
all the time since it came out. When he chopped up them fucking, uh, I didn't realize until years later those were the fucking uh, Joe Farrell drums from Upon His Rock. And then he stacked like some little extra shit on the snare. Ridiculous. Definitely Detroit is, you know, the home of techno music, inarguably, factually, actually. It's on Wikipedia. <laughs> Fuck Wikipedia. BBE, Big Booty Express, is is Jay's kind of, you know, tribute to to that. To the fucking dancery and legends and the titty bar, you know, fucking... DJ Assault, DJ Godfather, you know, The Wizard, Jeff Mills, Electrifying Mojo, like the techno shit is a very strong part of our musical history and, and the shit we used to listen to in Detroit and the shit that got played on the radio. Friday night and Saturday night, all night, that's all you would hear for the most part. Yeah, it's crazy. Playing all that shit, live, no samples. You can put that shit on 45 and... And play it in a booty set, and it would go off. Beach and them. Beach is from uh, the original crew that I was involved with in Detroit, 31 Flavors. And, uh. That's who was shouted out on uh, We Be Them, right? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Yeah. And, uh. I don't know if I ever figured out what that sample was. It was some minimal shit. No, yeah, that was a shit. It was good to see Beej get some shine, you know what I mean? They had a little bumpy history. Uh, Beej, it was a dude from, uh, what was his fucking name? He was a and and Electra. Russ, Russ, Russ Posada. Rick Posada. Rick Posada. Rick wanted to sign Beej in 1996. Bad than a motherfucker. Like, he wanted him. Like he was, he was just as passionate about signing Beach as he was about putting out Busta Rhymes albums. You know what okay. I mean? And Jay wanted him to sign. Jay was trying to fucking hook it up. Beach was going over there all the time working on shit. But Beach had a group called Born Unknown with the homie uh, Shannon. What was Shannon's rap name? Ease. It was Ease and Beach. And and Ease was dope, but they just. They wasn't fucking with Ease. They wanted Beach solo. And Beach on some keeping it real shit was like, fuck that. I'm not I'm not gonna do it that way. So career wise it might not have been a good decision, but you know, I respect the motherfucker for sticking to his guns. You know what I mean? But he got his documentation on Welcome to Detroit, man. Shout out to Beach, man. That's the end of side two. Side three uh, starts off with another cover of uh, Brazilian Groove, Earth, Wind & Fire Joint. Crazy live shit, you know what I mean? Man, this record's so goddamn good. It's like that. Uh, the homie Big Tone and Tarot. We were just talking about Tarot. They're on It's Like That. And it's funny because I always, it was he had a cryptic-ass message in the liner notes where he was like, all my beat heads, you know, Y'all, y'all probably know what that break is that I fucked with. Ain't nobody know that shit. I don't know who put me up on that shit. Yo, it's like, this is gonna fuck you up, yo. <laughs> he chopped up fucking Papa was a Rolling Stone. Did he? Yeah. Think about, like the, think about the bass line. Like, think about your head. Okay. <laughs> it's fucking stupid. Yeah, that's crazy. 
That just goes to show how alien he is. Like, yeah, y'all didn't figure that out. It took motherfuckers like 10 years to figure out what the fuck that shit was. Give it up as a shit. Um, you know, that's uh, Ohio Players Joint. I actually watched him make that beat. I just remembered that. That was when he was in the, on the east side in the basement. And he had like a, he had like a broom or some shit that he he was like marching around like a soldier in the basement. It's so crazy watching him make that because like I was never really over his shoulder when I used to be in the basement. I would just go over there and smoke and listen to records and you know I would I would make some beats. He would like set me up on the MP and the and the S nine fifty the the SB twelve hundred and the S nine fifty and he would just leave and go to the titty bar and okay. I'd be in the basement till like four or five in the morning just let myself out. So I was never over his shoulder. A lot of cats was over there trying to see the whole fucking equation, how he made his shit. And like when I watched him make that, it was, it definitely uh, exposed a lot of his secrets. You know what I mean? And I appreciate him letting me be around like that. But yeah, he killed that Ohio player shit. I'm not going to name the joint. Y'all can figure it out. Rico Suave Bossa Nova. Jay always loved his Latin Brazilian shit. Of course, like the biggest, one of the biggest joints early was running Stan Getz shit but that shit was fucking famous great party dance floor joint you know what I mean exposing you know in the club circuit in Detroit it's not too often that you would hear a fucking bossa nova joint you know what I mean so Jay was always good at introducing you know sounds that were maybe foreign to your palate you know what I mean and getting you to learn and wanting to go there and and see more about that shit so Rico Suave bossa nova was the joint um, your shit featuring Fat Cat. It's a great record. I, I debate with people what's better between that and uh, don't nobody care about it. It's it, it's you could go either way. Right, right. Crazy shit about featuring Fat Cat. A lot of motherfuckers don't know is uh, he was dissing M on that record. Was he? Yeah. So it was okay. that caused a whole bunch of fucking drama back in the day that Jay was caught in the middle of because it was on his record. You know what I mean? That was crazy. Yeah, it's funny. The line where it's like, you bitch your style. The whole shit. Fucking, okay. Yeah, he's talking about fuzz. And scoot it. Yeah, it's crazy. But yeah, it's funny because there was a version. The version uh, that came out on the 12-inch, it was a raucous 12-inch with paws on one side and the fat cats running on the other side. But they uh, they weren't trying to clear no samples, so there's no hook on it. Like, all them cuts that he had on the fucking, on the chorus and shit. It was so weird, because, like, the song's just going, and then there's just no, it was confusing the first time you heard it, because it was, like, no hook. Like, what the fuck is going on here? It's not, like, an unfinished record. Shake It Down is fucking ridiculous. Um, uh, ridiculous. That's a lot of the homies' favorite record that I know. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, he Crazy. talks so much shit on that record. You know what I mean? Famous African Rhythms, another, you know, tribute to the source material that he always fucked with. It's a remake of uh, One That's a Juju joint. Fucking amazing. Then the outro joint, one, which is some, some more Ohio player shit. I think there was, yeah, and the Beach and that was Ohio player shit too. It was like three Ohio players joints on Welcome to Detroit. Yeah, man, Beat Generation, BBE. Shouts to Peter. Shouts to BBE. Shouts to Dilla. Shots to fucking house shoes. All right, so if you had to uh, pick a record to play from Welcome to Detroit, what would it be? Uh, 
Like, if I had to pick one, like, what's my favorite song on Welcome to Detroit? Yeah. Basically. Uh, shit. Uh, it would be a tie between Give It Up and Shake It Down. Take what's mine and up the opposite of where the sunshine kid uh, Run my shit, you gotta Give it up Give it up, cause we on some fly shit Make niggas tear the roof off Ha! Uh, what the fuck you thought? Cause when we up in the cut, you got the Give it up Nigga what, big face Benjamin Give it up Give it up, we wanna live it up Give it up Ladies Give it up Hands in the air, this is a sticker Give it up All out, niggas tear the club up Give Give it up, y'all niggas don't want it And if so, put your dough on it I come from Seven Mile and Conan and the crew is scandalous And they quick to smack a nigga open-handed We get the cheddar stacking up, better rack em up Game over, five TVs in the rope now We rolling all over town, getting bloat in the rope now We getting chosen from over and we bending them over now Whoa, see my whole crew like, whoa Me and my whole crew like dope, baby Poppin', we getting it, we been getting it We still spitting it hot, so then with it or not, dead. Look at the chain rock to the right and the rock to the left. It's Mick Nasty, niggas. Duke. I shot the sheriff, so watch the step, Duke. It's Detroit stepping through. Watch me let loose. Shut your whole shit down like Giuliani. See me in the candy imp with two behind me. That's Frank, it ain't. Crazy with the bang, bang it with TVs on, can't believe we 20 inch rims doing donuts, word is Big bucks make the bitches go nuts, hey The maestro's eyes glow like a live show now Can't slow down, I do it like dice go down Only broke niggas wait until the price go down All live niggas, give it up, ladies Give it up, hands in the air, this is a stick up Give it up, when we up in the cut, raw dog Give it up, all y'all, give it up Off the wall, give it up What? Check it down, uh Yeah, look at you, look at me, look at you, mm. look at me, mm. look at you, I'm seeing you, look at me, you looking good, look at you, do it girl, look at me, do it, look at you, do it, look at me, do it, look at you, do it, look at me, I'm seeing you, look at you, do it, look at me, you looking good, look at you, do it, look at me, do it, look at you, do it, look at me, come on, uh, uh. 
You remind me of my range. Lambs getting seat covers, brothers, get your change. Get your dame, cause she want the niggas with the frames. Put the change. Nigga, man, sick with the bang. Shit, been the same since 86 and came. Get your main bitch, it's your nigga in my brains. And they say that's why we hold them. Send me four wheel and roll over the whole building. Chrome killing them 20 inches the whole deal with it. I'm so ill with it, so deal with it. I'll be potted out, without a doubt. Ha! Spot them out, wild it out, we wildin' out. Uh, ladies, let me see you do it like, uh, you look at me. Yeah, look at you, feel it. Yeah. Look at me. I'm seeing yeah. you. Look, look at you. you. You're doing it. Look, look at me. Do it. Look at you. Do it. Look at me. Do it. Look at you. Do it. Look at me. You looking good. Look at you. I'm seeing you. Look at me. Do it. Look at you. Do it. Look at me. Do it. Look at you. Do it. Look at me. Come on. Look at you. Check it down. Look at you. Look at me. Uh. Look at you. Yeah, uh, come on. This is for my bitches with cars of their own. This is for my niggas with the bars of chrome. All bitch niggas, leave your little cars at home. Stay there. Detroit niggas don't play fair, son. Chickens be tricking to get their head done. Yeah, son. It's now one. These niggas bark shit. I'm on some beers, mark shit. Like, can you feel it? Feel it. Nothing can save you. But this is the season for stacking your paper. My click is the reason you're tucking your chain up. With you fucking with this, you fucking with danger. You see me up in the range, and I got a gang of niggas that be running with things. The guns to bang you. They be running with things. Got guns to bang you. Cause when you fuck with this, you fucking with danger. When you see me do it, you do it. When you see me do it, I do it. When you see me do it, I do it. When you see me do it, I do it. It's funny, man. It's been a lot of drama. Between me and all that dealer shit. And uh, when I moved out here, you know, a lot of motherfuckers just, not just out here, but in the world, they just looked at me as the dealer dude. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So I had to, like, literally, like, walk away from that shit for a couple years and do my thing. Because mm -hmm. me and my, and, you know, the circle of motherfuckers that really know about house shoes, they know that, I mean, that's far from the only thing I got to fucking offer. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? And I felt for a while that I kind of just had to stay away from that shit. But you know what I mean? I'm coming back to like, fuck that. Like, that was my homie. That was my friend. That was my, my big, one of my biggest inspirations, my muse on making, on making the beats. And I'd be damned if I let some drama or some other whole shit the motherfuckers is doing get in the way of, of me, you know, representing for my dude. I mean, I stopped playing the motherfuckers' music in my sets and everything for a while. You know what I mean? Yeah, but I'm I'm back. I'm I'm fucking with Jay. I'm, I'm always gonna fuck with Jay, and there ain't shit that a motherfucker can do to stop me from doing that. Okay, so so like, what do you make of the the bandwagon? This is something you brought up kind of earlier. What do you make of like the bandwagon? Like since he's passed, where it's like Man, people it's, that you know that kind of it's cool to like Dilla shit. Right? Like, Nobody like, no. fucking knew about Dilla when he was alive, yo. Yeah, not not as many people. I mean, like you had to be in, like into in the. Like if we're talking in about the grand like, scheme of things, the, yeah. like a pie chart, yeah. nobody knew about Dilla. Yeah. You know? It was a fucking sliver on that bitch. You know what I mean? 
and he died. Donuts heads and all that shit. And it was cool. It was the cool thing. You know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah, Dillard's a shit. But, bitch, you don't even know what the fuck Slum Village is. You know what right. I mean? Right. It's do just you, corny. Do you think... Uh, but, I mean, at the same time, one one more person listening to his music is dope. Mm-hmm. For the right reasons, though. You know what I mean? Like, this ain't a fucking trend. This is the best music you'll ever fucking hear within the genre. You know what I mean? And the motherfucking cornballs is the motherfuckers that couldn't even tell you that if you had a gun pointed to their head. You know what right. I mean? They don't know what good or bad is. You put a future record on, they tell you it's the best shit they've ever heard in their life. Right. You know what I mean? Right. In this generation. Yeah. Uh, do you think Donuts cracked the door open for everyone to start making B-tapes? Because it I wasn't like a big thing. No, like instrumental hip-hop wasn't big at all. I definitely say that. I definitely say that. It's a definitely very high influencing factor on on kind of creating a, a genre that can ex- actually exist and not just be uh, under the umbrella of something else. You know what I mean? You had instrumental records here and there, but now it's a fucking genre. Like, instrumental hip-hop, beat, t- like beat shit is a fucking genre. Like I look forward to the next 10 years, the so-called majors embracing that shit and not thinking the motherfuckers got to rap over everything. You know what I mean? So cats can really get their shit on. We'll see. Okay, and what do you think, if, if you could answer, what do you think hip-hop would be like if he was still around? Man, that's the most impossible question. Because, okay. I mean, he was fucking 10 years ahead. He was consistently right. 10 years ahead. I mean, ain't no way to tell. I don't know what the music's going to sound like 10 years from now. Okay. But if he was here, we would know. Definitely. I don't even know if he'd be doing fucking hip-hop anymore. You know okay. what I mean? He might be doing, like, fucking Radiohead records and shit. You know what I mean? I kind of have a theory that, like, the spirit... Of the soul Aquarians kind of died when he left. I mean, the spirit of a lot of things died when he left. You know what I mean? Shit was already getting whack. He was like one of the fucking the pillars, man. Like it's funny because as as commercialized and shit as everything is these days, I can I can pinpoint the exact night that some type of change occurred. <laughs> and is you all know, might think I'm fucking crazy. <laughs> It was 20 years ago. It was the third Friday in May of 1996. Okay. And after that night, after that Friday, there was just, it's not the, it's not what changed. It's what was no longer there. There was something missing. There was some, some magic that was just gone. And I, I always imparted it to, you know, like that's when the money shit came in. That's when fucking, you know, reasonable doubt and, and fucking big and you know big's one of probably my favorite rapper ever in the motherfucking world mm-hmm. but it kind of it kind of went from like art to commerce cast that was doing the real hip hop shit fucking they were like damn we might be able to get paid off of this shit for real and they changed their music and they changed their approach and gradually that that's that change affected the entire format of the genre you know what i mean Cats used to just make shit to be fresh and to be to make the best music Definitely. and to be better than other motherfuckers. Like, I can do this better than you can. You know what I mean? And at that point, it was like, I just want to be richer than you are. You know what I mean? Okay, so what happened on that third Friday? Nothing happened. Oh, this is just a moment you remember? It was just, that was the last night where it was fucking raw. It was pure. It was uncut. It. Shit wasn't stepped on. You know what I mean? Okay. After that, you know, that was... 
Like two years after that, I remember looking up one Friday night, not to be funny, because I'm a white motherfucker. But I look up two years from that, I was fucking faded and having a great time. And I look up and it fucking looks like it's all white motherfuckers. Williamsburg? Straight up Williamsburg, man. Yeah, man. I mean, you know, and y'all can like the shit too, but this ain't y'all shit. Right. (laughs) It's not where it came from and it's not the... It's not where I came from in the shit either. You know what right. I mean? Not to be funny, but I don't want to play fucking hip hop records for a bunch of white motherfuckers every Friday. Sorry. Right. I'm not. I'm not. Ain't no fucking soul in that shit. I'm cool with that shit. Fuck out of here. Go a lot of them want to hear future. They can all suck my dick. I'm sorry. Okay. I'm not you. playing that shit, yo. I seen that motherfucker at the airport like six months ago. Okay. Oh, I had to wash my hands just being around that motherfucker. It's just the lowest bar of entertainment. Yeah, they've taken hip hop and turned it into the lowest bar to influence and do the opposite of educating. You know what I mean? Or letting motherfuckers achieve some type of higher frequency. You know what I mean? They've used hip hop <laughs> to figure out how to make a lot of black motherfuckers and just motherfuckers, period, just vibrate at the lowest frequency possible. Definitely. You know what I mean? Definitely. And and I kind of work uh, within the media. Here and there as a freelancer, and right. they're playing a big role in, in exactly what you just said. Hell yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. And, it, and it's kind of sad, but hey, what can and you do? And it's American. Yeah. It's an American problem. It's yeah. not, it's shit don't go on all around the world like that. It's specifically an American problem. Like shit that's going on in like Flint with the water shit. Mm-hmm. Fucking cops killing every motherfucker. You know what I mean? Like, these are specifically American problems. America is a fucking piece of shit. Do your research. Motherfucker try to tell you, man, it ain't no better anywhere else. I've been to 40 motherfucking countries, dog. It's better everywhere else. (laughs) For the most part. I'm not trying to hear none of that shit. You know what I mean? Fuck a patriot. Okay. Over time, you've been kind of vocal about uh, the name you know slum village and it, it's you know how it's you know how it how it's not what it was right and how they've carried the name uh right. let me ask what was the last slum album you've heard i heard all of them you heard the one that dropped last year yeah it's, it's dope i don't know it's not dope it's not dope it's the you. best thing they've done in a long time okay. i just you know the beats was cool but it's kind of like you try to put together a a dilla produced record mm-hmm. and dilla's been dead for 10 years okay you know what i mean definitely speaking of uh, you have a party coming up the 14th, Valentine's Day. Yeah. Uh, tell me about that. Let's, tell me about the party. There's a lot of fucking parts to that. Okay. February 14th is the 10-year anniversary of James Yancey being buried. Um, and 10 years ago... Oh, he was buried Valentine's Day. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so 10 years ago, I went to New York for the donut shit. YG was spinning. It was great. And Jay died the next day. Okay. I got in a plane. I came to L.A. And, uh, yeah, funeral. Crazy, you know what I mean? Like, Forest Lawn in Glendale, beautiful cemetery. It's Valentine's Day, halfway through the fucking burial. Look up in the sky, and there's a plane drawing hearts in the fucking air. Yeah, I saw saw that picture. Everybody lost their fucking mind when that shit happened. So after the funeral, Tarak hit me up, and he was like, yo, we getting together at the Little Temple tonight come through you know i'm bringing a bag of records you can play out of my crate I'm like cool i'm not really trying to play no fucking records right now though you know what i mean so me and uh the homie haircut y'all know him as mayor, mayor hawthorne we rolled up there 
And, you know, it was fucking somber. It was sad as fuck. Like, we was all fucking fucked up. Terrible. After the after the funeral, they had, like, a, a wake at, uh, at, the, at Common's apartment where Jay was staying and shit. Everybody was over there. Then we went to the little temple. And I got there, and I remember I was just smoking mad cigarettes. I ran out of cigarettes. So me and Haircut went across the street to 7-Eleven. They had a donuts, a hostess display. I was halfway drunk as fuck at this time already. And I remember I bought all the donuts, six packs of donuts, half dozens, and went back to to the uh, little temple and I was like throwing them at motherfuckers like you want some motherfucking donuts like it was getting crazy we was getting fucked up it's kind of angry you know what I mean at the situation and uh, kept drinking Hennessy double shot of Hennessy double shot of Hennessy double shot of Hennessy and DJ was playing I remember going up to the DJ and being like Dylan wanted me to play some records right now I said, Jay wants me to play some records right now. That's the last thing I remember. I took another double shot of Hennessy. I don't remember shit. And, you know, the stories I'm told is, you know, it was some homies from the D out there. And, like, motherfuckers said, we've never seen you DJ like that in our lives. And I used to burn shit down back home. Like, we had some classic fucking nights in Detroit. You know what I mean? These motherfuckers said they've never seen me. Like, apparently, I was like sobbing the whole time when I was DJing. You know, like literally, booger face and shit. And yeah, and the next morning, you know, me and YG went out to lunch, and it was already a conversation going on between me and him about me going to New York. And he was like, "Man, I know he was talking about that New York shit, but after what happened last night, man, you might want to come out here." I'm like, word. He was like, yeah, man, like, you planted a hell of a motherfucking seed last night. Okay, whatever. Go back to the crib. Proof gets killed two months later. Mm-hmm. Two months later, I moved to fucking L.A. I've been in L.A. 10 years now. So it's like so much, like, so much shit, man. Like, it, like I, w- I, wouldn't, I wouldn't have my children if it wasn't for that night. Mm-hmm. Everything that has occurred in the last 10 years, I wouldn't have been to 40 fucking countries. You know what I mean? It's all because of that night. So it's a celebration of that night. Celebration of a lot of things. You know what I mean? A celebration of my 10 years in L.A. Celebration of fucking James Yancey. Because that night wouldn't have happened without him. Plus, he's been gone for 10 years. So we're going to do it up heavy. You know what I mean? I'm going to do my best to get the same exact lineup that played at the, uh, at the Little Temple that night. Now it's called the Virgil. It's on Virgil in Santa Monica. In uh, Silver Lake, Los Angeles, California. It's going to be on Valentine's Day. We're going to have some other homies that Jay had relationships with. Like, you know, keep it in the circle. Keep it real. Keep it honest. Okay, so it's not just you on the set that night? No, 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 no. Hell no. And then the side room, since it's Valentine's Day, just to give it some, you know, some some variety, the side room's going to be all uh, slow jams all night. Got it. A little makeout lounge. You know what I mean? Okay. Gonna have a couple of the homies come through to play the ill, like, low rider oldies and shit. You know what I mean? So that's gonna be dope. Yeah, man. It's gonna fucking find a proper charity out here that I that I want, you know, something children based on the children, helping kids out. 
I'm gonna put a, I'm gonna put something on that door. It's gonna be a cover on the door just because if I don't, it's gonna be too many fucking people. It's yeah. not a big spot, so we gotta trim the fat. So it'll probably be like a five dollar cover or some shit. You know what I mean? Okay. We give all that to charity, and we just celebrate, man. You know what I mean? All right. I definitely plan to be in the building, and I'll probably be in the dealer room, <laughs> not, not the slow jam room. All right, so I thank you for coming through. Uh, tell people where they can find you on the internet. Uh, you know, whether it's ranting on Twitter, or whether it's all right. Well, it's pretty much house shoes everywhere. Uh, we got djhouseshoes.com. That's the hub where I try to keep everybody updated. All the all the street corner music releases, all the videos, content, all that parties. Um, SoundCloud slash house shoes. Twitter. If you want to, if you want to hear me talk some shit. Come on Twitter, slash house shoes. Uh, if you want to look at my beautiful children or know what the next party is or, you know, hear some clips from upcoming Street Corner music releases, Instagram, slash house shoes. Uh, fuck Facebook. Okay. I don't fuck with that Facebook bullshit. That shit is fucking gay. That shit is the fucking worst, man. Yeah, it is. It's, it's nuts. Delete your fucking Facebook. How about that? I guarantee your life will be better off. I don't spend I a lot of you, time on it. The funny thing is I like cats in this industry shit, whatever business, whatever the fuck, like, what's your Facebook? I'm like, I don't I deleted my Facebook. They're like, well, you gotta have an artist page, man, because you gotta be able to reach your fans. I'm like, fuck my fuck the motherfuckers on Facebook. Fuck Facebook, man. You wanna fuck you come this is by my I don't play by Whatever type of rules or shit any other buddy, you know what I mean? Like I ain't got to be on Facebook, man. Facebook is trash. Come holler at me on Twitter. Fucking post a comment on a picture of my beautiful ass children on Instagram. You know what I mean? Listen to the records on SoundCloud. Fuck Facebook. Definitely. I'm gonna have some uh, some fuckboy genocide shirts for y'all in a minute too, and it's fucking crazy. I'm not even gonna spill the beans, but it's it's Facebook related. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, um, all right. I do thank you for coming through. And uh, again, the Virgil, February 14th. This will be dropping probably the week before. What up? Uh, you know, come out, support, and uh, support everything House Shoes is doing at Street Corner Music. Yes. And what is it? Street Corner Music oh, SM? There's a, there is Twitter? a Twitter. Street Corner, uh, Street Corner SCM. SCM. Yeah. Yeah, and you can buy all the shit at Fat Beats. We got tapes, we got records, no CDs. Buy all the digital at iTunes. If you're curious on how it sounds, go to the fucking SoundCloud. It's all up there for stream. You know what I mean? Thinking we working on it. I was really against that digital shit for a minute too, but you gotta understand, I'm I'm only doing like small, limited quantities. I'm like an art dealer, so it's it's only 300 prints of a lot of the shit that I do. So I'm I'm a fuck with that streaming shit now because at the end of the day, we try to get the ki- the kids as much as possible you know what i mean like it's free money fuck it get let the kids get some fucking extra toys off of that shit pay a bill or two you know what i mean so the shit should be apple music spotify all that bullshit <laughs> but yeah that's what's up man house shoes holla's a boy all right thank you for coming through Word up.